Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 21, and I am just super fired up after a weekend full of client wins. Um, and these are not my typical client wins. I obviously love when I get a text message like, down another pound, or finally clicking, hit my macros today, or you know, finally you know, overcame like emotional eating or whatever it might be. This weekend was all about bringing out the athlete. And, and honestly, if you know me, you know I'm an athlete, and it was really cool seeing some of my clients just crush it on that field. So first and foremost, congratulations to Bonnie Building, Bonnie Billing, who completed her very first Dopey Challenge. If you know what the Disney, if you don't know what the Disney Dopey Challenge is, it is a four-day event of running that totals in 48 miles. So day one is a 5K, day two is a 10K, day three is a half marathon, day four is a full marathon. And it's normally run at Disney, but due to COVID, she had to do it virtually meaning she had to do it by herself locally near her house. Now she did have some friends that came around to kind of help her out. But as you can understand, if you're a competitor, you know that the environment always makes a difference in terms of how you're going to challenge yourself. And I'm just super proud of her for finishing because she's had a ton of self-doubt going into this. Um, in fact, she had texted me just a few weeks ago saying that she thinks that she should pull out of it. And I convinced her like, no, that's not the right thing to do. And uh, I'm just really happy that she did it because now she's got that under her belt and looking onward and upward to the next thing. Um, so I'm really excited for her. Uh, another person that competed this weekend, Kathy Bunch, she completed uh, her first CrossFit competition. Uh, huge thanks to CrossFit MDI for hosting such a well-run competition. Everything was on time, super fun vibes, very low-key, very fun uh, environment. And that was her first experience in the CrossFit competition space. She actually trains by herself in the garage. So once again, kind of going into a place that she was not comfortable in. And then lastly, Miss Alessandra, who is an amazingly talented ballerina, uh, had an amazing performance last night in one of her shows, one of the first shows of the, well, obviously the first show of the year. But it just really fired me up, guys. And what was so cool about all three of these people is they all were doing something that brought them out of their comfort zone. And I'm going to guarantee you that each and every one of them and anybody else that's experienced this is sitting back right now being like, wow, I can't believe I actually did it. Can't believe I got through it. And they're probably sitting there with a smile on their face. Well, I'm sure Bonnie's probably hating life right now, looking at her feet and feeling her legs, but she did it. She finished it. So onward and upward to the next thing. It got me really thinking about um, what I wanted to talk about today on my podcast. And it kind of segued into the fact that my clients are just... They're just hard workers. And um, I had uh, a client and I will mention her name. Her name is Amber. And uh, she uh, she started the 75 hard. And I forget who mentioned it, but somebody else, one of my other clients, yes, or last week, were talking about how they would like to do it. Before I knew it, I had three or four clients. I'm like, geez, where's everybody hearing about this? Like, I didn't even know it was, you know, as, as popular as it was. I had heard about it in the space, but didn't realize that so many other people knew about it. Long story short, um, somehow this has progressed into now Cheryl is doing the 75 hard with her clients and it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm not going to lie. I am extremely overwhelmed in thinking that I don't think I'm going to be able to complete it. I have a lot of self-doubt just like many of you guys probably do when you start something. And I'm telling you that because I want you to understand that the easy thing for me to do would be like, just not going to do it. I'm going to commit to not doing it. And I could, and I'd probably be fine, but I know that there are specific things about this challenge that are actually going to create a more productive self and a more, what's the word I'm looking for, fulfilled self if I actually complete them. 
So this isn't for me about the body con- uh, body composition changes or the dietary protocol because that stuff is easy for me. I've been doing it long enough. For me, it's more of the other things like getting outside for 45 minutes for a workout um, and actually taking time to read every day. So things like that, that I don't take the time to do that I'm going to be kind of forced to do for these 75 days. So if you're interested, after I go over what the 75 days uh, of 75 hard is, and you want to jump in on our challenge, just shoot me a message. I'll add you to the group. You're totally welcome to join in. Obviously, my clients are working with me on their dietary protocol, but you can follow whatever dietary protocol you're following and join in for a little bit of accountability and obviously just make it a little bit more fun for yourself. I'd love to have you. So what is the 75 hard and and is it really realistic and, and how do we kind of implement it? So first things first, I have created, which probably is not what the owner of the 75 hard mentality or the, I shouldn't say the owner, but the founder of it would agree with is I have created a 75 light. And I'll tell you why, because if you do CrossFit, you know, there is a CrossFit workout that is RX, meaning this is the workout of the day. If you do it with these weights and these movements, it is written as prescribed. So you've completed that workout RX. We all know if you've been in that class and you can't do pull-ups, you have to scale things back to maintain the stimulus that everybody is doing. And so the goal is that everybody in that class doing that workout is going to get the same stimulus regardless of what modality that they're using. And I wanted to create that similar experience with people doing this challenge, because I do think that people of all different, of all different places in their journey should be able to still partake in it. I just think that it might be a little too much for some people. Now, don't get me wrong. I want people that are motivated to go all in. And so I've told those of them that are going to do the light version. If they're two weeks in and they decide they want to upgrade, great. 75 hard starts all over again. And that's the mindset of a person that's going to develop some serious mental fortitude. And then at that point, they're going all in on the 75 hard full. So let's talk about these, these 75 hard, 75 hard light, give you a little bit of my insight on it. So 75 hard was created by Andy Frisella um, a few years back. I think he was trying to get to like eight to 10% body fat. And uh, he does a lot of mental fortitude training. And he kind of realized that like this, this 75 hard would be a great way for people to kind of develop some mental fortitude, um, toughen up their skin a little bit, and maybe be a little bit more successful in their ventures. Uh, and their goals that they want to achieve, whether it be in the gym, whether it be in business or whatever that they're trying to achieve. So there are five principles that you have to follow on the 75 hard. If you miss one of them, you have to start back over from day one. So if you're 23 days in and you miss one of them, you're back at day one again. So it's one of those things that's going to challenge you. Like how bad do you really want to finish this? And, and it's not something that you're going to take on lightly because it is going to require you to get really uncomfortable. There's going to be probably times that you don't want to do what you're supposed to be doing. And you're going to have to pick up some mental fortitude and go anyways. That's also why I created the light because I do feel like that some people are going to be getting pushed just enough with my light version. So the full version is this daily photo first thing in the morning. I don't think it says first thing in the morning, but I think you should just take it first thing in the morning, follow a dietary protocol. So my my clients are obviously working with me on their nutrition compliance. So 100% compliance there. Drink a gallon of water a day, two workouts in a day. One has to be outside and they should be 45 minutes or more each. And you have to read 10 pages of nonfiction a day. And that's a lot. So why I created the 75 light is I have some clients who 
are just starting their nutrition journey and they don't even really work out yet. So for me, getting them to go from nothing to two day to a day is a lot. Now, the workouts don't have to necessarily be in the gym and they should be only one of them should be in the gym, but they don't have to be super intense. So for them, it might be a walk. But what I've done for them, I've kind of made a simpler version where it's a similar thing. So they still have to be 100% compliant with their nutrition. Their goals might be a little bit more moderate, though, uh, based on their individual case. Um, They do still have to drink water, but they don't have to get in a gallon. They have to get at least 80 ounces. They have to get in one workout versus two a day. They still have to do the 10 pages of reading and they still have to take a daily photo. My 75 hard clients, I am telling them that they have to post the photo in the group. My 75 light, because of some of them are still a little bit bashful or a little bit, you know, shy. I didn't want to put that kind of pressure on them. If they're taking the photo and they're posting it somewhere in their phone, that's totally fine. Or if they want to share it with me personally, that's also totally fine. But that's my two versions. So full version and a light version. Now I'm going all in on the 75 hard. And like I said, I'm super intimidated by it, but here's what I'm hoping to get out of it. I really do need to read more nonfiction. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time and I don't ever take time to do. I do a lot of audio booking, but the actual act of sitting down and reading a book, I believe is so much more powerful uh, in terms of me learning how to focus my energy a little bit more and, and just kind of being in one place with one focus. So uh, that's one of the things I think that is going to be super challenging for me. I think the other one is that because I am training for the CrossFit Games, hopefully, right? I want to go into the open um, and come out strong and hopefully qualify for the games. I'm going to have to add in a session where I'm doing something outside. And so whether it's bringing my barbell and stuff outside or whether it's creating a, a session where I'm moving outside, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for me. Um, my dietary protocol, I do have some things that I'm also working on in my own nutrition compliance that I'm trying to get better at. And so for me, it's just about getting in a little bit more balance in each meal and not getting too busy and then having to shove it all in at the end of the day. So we all have things. And I, and I do think that regardless of where you're at, this can be a great way for you to kind of set yourself up for success. And like I said, it's not going to be easy. The other thing that I did for my 75 light clients is with a 75 hard, if you miss a day, as I said, you have to start back over from day one with my 75 light clients. If they miss something on a day, they can do that up to three times. So let's just say it's day seven and you miss your workout. Then the next day, you're still going to be on day seven because you haven't completed day seven yet. However, if you do that more than three times, then you're back at day one. So it's kind of like three strikes, you're back at one. And that's kind of what I did for my light clients. So if you're in, I would love to have you as part of the group, love to have you as part of of that. So uh, just message me, DM me, or even just add yourself to the Facebook group. Uh, There should be a link in my show notes for that. So as we kind of segue into the educational piece of today's training or today's podcast, I should say, I kind of wanted to, as we're talking about this challenge and and why I I honestly didn't put like a specific dietary protocol and all that kind of stuff is I want to talk to you guys a little bit about nutrition hierarchy. And what I mean by that is if you can imagine a pyramid in your head or or a triangle, think about the bottom being the foundation and the top being like the shingles on the roof. So I wanted to create a visual for you and a mental picture of what it would look like for you to actually be finding the right strategies to not only see results, but also be able to maintain them for long-term. And this is kind of how I picture everybody's nutrition looking whatever your goals are. And then I will talk specifically at certain points 
about where things might change depending on where you're at in your journey and what your specific goal might be. But it all starts with the same foundation. And the only thing that's going to change is the trickling of what you change up in the middle and then also on top. So my nutrition hierarchy is always going to start with food quality and learning how to balance your meals. I put two things there and here's why. Because if I think back to when I was focusing on food quality only, my meal balance was often very off. So let's just say, for instance, um, I was eating a paleo meal, which was, you know, no grains, no dairy, only, um, you know, lean meats, actually any kind of meats, um, nuts, seeds, uh, fruits and vegetables, all of that stuff that our, our paleolithic ancestors would have had. A lot of times my meals would be high in protein and vegetables and fat and very little carbs. And so as a CrossFit athlete, I was not learning how to balance that meal. As a person that also enjoyed carbohydrates, I was often restricting them and it would make me crave them uh, later on. And I was finding my nutrition compliance on the weekends would often go the other direction. Or I would get a hold of something that was considered paleo that was high in carbs, uh, like let's just call it like bacon wrapped dates, which was paleo approved, quote unquote. Um, and I would overeat them because they were high in that carb content that I was missing. So my, my focus when I first start is identifying, do you know what good quality food is? And do you know how to balance that on a plate? Meaning when I'm building meals, like, do you know that every meal should have some form of protein in a, in a moderate portion, some form of carbs, some form of a, a vegetable, and probably some form of a dressing or an oil or a, a topping that's going to have some type of fat in it. Or it might be even the fat content of your protein if you have like a higher fatty protein, like a salmon or a top sirloin steak or something like that. So do you know that? And I will tell you right now that most people from the dieting world do not know that because they have not been shown how to eat. If you don't know how to eat, you don't know how to diet, hands down. So honestly, call, call that like the the buy-in or, or whatever you want to call it, the preliminary requirement for you getting into a diet is you have to know what meal balance looks like and you have to know how to manipulate that. So everybody should know what it looks like to have a quality meal and portion sizes. doesn't have to be necessarily weighing and measuring food. doesn't have to be knowing specific numbers and grams. You should be able to just eyeball things and get a good idea of what it looks like to have a balanced meal. And that's for everybody. This is when you're thinking just overall health, longevity, you know, maintaining lean mass, not any specific goal. But if you do have specific goals, you have to start there. You should be starting with that. The next step is, all right, you've got good food quality. You you understand food balance, but like now you're like, Cheryl, like I, I just don't feel that the best. Like I feel like I could be performing better in the gym or you know what? Like I keep gaining weight and I don't really know why. Um, now it's looking at some of the numbers. Now it's looking at overall calories. So, um, Obviously, kind of going back into that food quality one, we do know, I should have actually put this as a point. I don't want you to think it has to be 100% food quality, right? Backing up a little bit, think of it like 80-20. So 80% of the time you're eating high quality foods, the other 20%, maybe you are having a slice of pizza out with your friends, maybe you're having a couple of alcoholic drinks, that stuff. So next step now is going into the calories. So now we're like, okay, we know you're eating pretty good food quality, you have a pretty good balance, you you, you kind of have a moderate approach to when you are eating out, you know how to do that stuff. Now let's start looking at numbers. So how many calories are you taking in? And here's where somebody will start to get a little bit more accurate in terms of like making sure that their portion sizes are accurate 
So if you're eyeballing what looks like three to four ounces and you weigh it on a scale and you realize it's actually five or six ounces, um, you're actually going to take a look at how many calories you're taking in and then manipulating those calories based on your goal. Are you trying to optimize your body's ability to perform? Are you trying to build lean muscle? Are you trying to lose fat? Like, where are you at there? So calories are next. Then, and this is also something that kind of goes somewhat hand in hand with protein. I'm sorry, with calories as I do them both together is protein intake. Everybody should be getting in about one gram per pound of lean. I'm sorry, one gram per pound of weight or goal body weight. Um, lowest I would do is like lean body mass, if you know what that is, but a good place to gauge that you're getting enough is right around goal body weight or body weight. You're not going to be getting too much at that point and you're getting enough at that point. So if anything, you're maybe getting a little bit more than you need. And for most people, that's okay. You know, so as long as you don't have any specific uh, concerns with protein intake that, you know, would be more specific to, a um, what am I thinking of? Like a, a condition with your kidneys or something like that, then don't stress too much about that. Um, so that, that matters next. So making sure that you're getting in enough of that, that's where a food tracker comes into place. That's why I have my clients track their food because I need to see those things. So I know how to manipulate them. So whatever your goal is optimization of performance, fat loss, or building muscle, you should have an idea of calorie intake and how much protein you're getting in. Once those two things are dialed in, that also shows me that you one, no food balance Two, you know how to weigh out your food. You know how to portion things out. You're aware of using a food tracker. Now we can start dialing in macronutrients. So the balance of the protein to the carbs and the fats. Most of you guys, if you have already started with meal balance, are probably going to be living a pretty balanced macronutrient ratio of like a 40, 30, 30, or maybe even like a 50, 30, 20, meaning about 40 to 50% carbs, uh, 30% protein, and maybe 20 to 30% fat. That's essentially what it's going to look like if you've taken the time in the beginning to just kind of eyeball things and portion out your plate appropriately. Now we can start diving into uh, the macronutrient breakdown specific to your goals. So protein intake is pretty much always going to stay the same. You really don't manipulate protein intake too much. Uh, you always want to kind of keep that stable. What you're trying to really, um, really trying to change is the calorie intake. And to change the calorie intake, we have to take calories from carbs or fat or a combination of the two or if you're trying to build or optimize, we're adding or, or manipulating those things based on your goals. So I'm going to keep this right now, the first part to fat loss. So if you're trying to cut, um, cut back on calories to lose weight, I would one, be looking at your training. So what kind of training are you doing? So if somebody is training like Orange Theory, CrossFit, F45, you know, Fit Body Bootcamp, doing a lot of weightlifting, sports specific, I'm probably going to be trying to manipulate fat first, lowering fat and trying to preserve their carbohydrate intake a little bit more to keep them performing well. So your body's going to need those carbs to perform. I'll probably steal a little bit from fat to keep those athletes performing the best that they can. Vice versa, if you're a desk jockey, jo desk jockey, desk jockey, oh, can't talk right now. If you're a desk jockey and you're really not working out much, you get a little bit of movement in a day, but you really don't train um, I'm probably going to be taking from a little bit of carbs and a little bit of fat and going more so by like, what are your preferences? Is it easier for you to cut back on fat because you like to eat more? Is it easier for you to cut back on carbs and keep higher fat proteins in? It really depends on the person and their lifestyle and what they actually like. So food preference there plays a factor. And now going into like, if you're trying to optimize just overall health, longevity in life, once again, I'm going to be looking at your lifestyle. Are you an athlete? I'm going to be really trying to push carbs up 
see how many carbs I can give you, make sure we're giving you enough fat. We're really trying to work on giving your body enough energy to fuel your sports performance or vice versa. Maybe I have some clients that maybe have some autoimmune conditions or um, other things, maybe blood sugar regulation. Maybe it's even things like blood cholesterol and stuff. I'm going to manipulate the amounts of carbs and fats while keeping calories the same because their goal isn't fat loss. Their goal is more optimization and just adjusting the amounts of those to go in line with what their goals are specific to their lifestyle. When you're thinking of building muscle, your calorie manipulation is very similar to that of an athlete uh, in the lifestyle of really trying to push up carbs while minimizing fat gain. So I'd probably be pushing carbs up more than fat to make sure that we're ensuring that you have enough energy to train and build muscle and you're not getting too much fat to put on body fat. So fat is honestly one of the easiest nutrients for your body to store as fat. So the more we can give you more carbs, the better you're going to use them up better. So that's kind of the next step. So I'm always going to try and backtrack to remind you guys of where we're at. So first and foremost, food quality, meal balance. Second, it's going to be calorie intake, protein intake. Now we're dialing into the macronutrient breakdowns based on your goals. The next step is going to be meal timing. And if you're a lifestyle client, do not get hung up in meal timing. It does not really matter that much. Overall calorie balance matters first. If all the things ahead that I've already discussed are in check and you're still feeling a little bit off, then I would dive into some meal timing strategies based on lifestyle, based on some of your feedback that you're giving me. If you are in a cut, meal timing does start to matter. If you are an athlete, meal timing does matter. And and here's why. Um, In a cut, you're obviously going to be limiting the amount of food that you're taking in. So you're putting yourself in a little bit of a calorie deficit. You want to make sure you're prioritizing carbohydrates around your training. So if you're a lifestyle client and you don't really, I'm sorry, if you're a a client that doesn't really work out a lot and you're trying to lose weight, you probably don't need as much detail on the, the meal timing. It's more so if you are training that you really have to prioritize when you're getting in those carbohydrates to make sure that you're rebuilding your body and refueling your body. Uh, building muscle, you're usually getting in enough calories overall throughout the day. However, it is important to make sure that you're getting in enough around your training. So to produce the best training environment, I would really prioritize getting in carbs and protein post-workout for anybody that is an athlete, whether you're trying to gain or lose or stay the same, all three of those things. You know, when it comes to other meal timing, like eating at nighttime, um, eating in the morning, all of that becomes more lifestyle based. And you can start to dial that in after all the other ones come into a factor, like I said, but don't get hung up on this first. It kind of, it's almost at the top tier. So looking at where we're at, the bottom being the food quality and meal balance, calorie protein, macronutrient breakdown. Now we've got meal timing. At the very top of all of this, um, I'm going to put supplementation. So this is where one of the first questions I get when I start a new client is what supplements should I be taking? Well, it's very individualized. So when it comes to, I shouldn't say very individualized, there's different needs for different populations. Everybody should be taking some form of a good quality micro uh, multivitamin. Um, but some people take greens drinks. Some people do both. I, I typically do both. I do the OptiGreens by first form and the Microfactor by first form. I do think that everybody should be taking that in. Even if you do have a high quality diet, uh, a lot of times our conventionally raised produce, our conventionally raised foods are often lacking in some of the nutrients that they used to have. So this is just going to kind of safeguard that you're getting enough. You really can't overdo it on, on a lot of those things. Uh, another one, which actually kind of goes into food quality anyways, is whey protein. 
I really don't consider whey protein a supplement as much as it is a, a supplemented or a processed form of protein. Um, it actually is a pretty, pretty normal part of most people's diets now. And I, I think it should be looked at just like milk at the end of the day. It really, it's a, it's a super well, easily digested, um, protein from whey protein is probably one of the easiest things for your body to digest in terms of dairy products, especially if you're getting a hydrolyzed one. And it can be really useful in the post-workout window. Uh, but also for those of you guys that just struggle getting in protein, maybe you have a sweet tooth, you can create some really fun, you know, treats and stuff with that. And I've given some of my clients some pretty good stuff. Um, other supplements to kind of look at are things like, um, I'll get questions about pre, pre-workout supplements, um, essential amino acids, amino acids, creatine. A lot of those are athlete specific. Um, even things like cyclic dextrin, which is a, a carbohydrate supplement that people can be taking. All of those things are going to be case by case basis. They also, it also depends on which, which case they are, which case they're at. Sorry. If they're a fat loss case, a building muscle case, or a lifestyle client base case, um, things like fish oil, but all of those things, I want you to think of those like after all the others. So I wanted to kind of end on that because I think that it's really easy to get hung up when you first start any nutrition plan to feel like you have to start everything at once. Like I've got to hit all these supplements. I've got to hit all my macros. I've got to get in the right calories. I've got to get food quality. I've got to cut out this. I've got to do that. When it really comes down to it all, start with the basics. And, and depending on how long it, you, it takes you to catch on to things, you don't have to keep adding on right away. Start with the basics, see changes, add on as that starts to stall. And if I think about the people in, in my journey of nutrition coaching who are successful and have had a lot of weight to lose, most of them see a lot of results in the beginning just by changing food quality and meal balance. When that stalls, okay, great. Let's start cutting in or cutting calories and looking at protein intake. Okay, great. Let's start doing the carbs and the fats and making sure we're manipulating that and all that kind of stuff. Now, this hierarchy is designed just around nutrition, but there are two pieces that I'm going to call as like, I don't know what you want to call them, but they're a part of the puzzle that matter, but I couldn't really categorize them anywhere on the nutrition hierarchy. They kind of go in all aspects of things. And one of them is going to be water intake. So making sure you're getting in enough hydration and movement. So whether you work out or you're um, not, not into fitness and you just need to move, like we need to be moving. The human body was designed for movement. So if you're not moving throughout the day, I do recommend doing a step tracker. It's about the only thing that I would recommend a smartwatch for that and maybe some sleep study stuff. But at the end of the day, like that's, that's what's most important in terms of overall lifestyle, along with things like sleep and stress and all that kinds of stuff. And I can do a whole other podcast uh, kind of talking about the lifestyle things that factor into um, your results. Actually, you know what? Maybe I won't do another podcast on it. I'm just going to add it on right here. Why not? Because it won't take me that much more time. And if I've still got your interest, then you're going to keep listening. And if not, you're going to turn me off. So with the nutrition hierarchy uh, alongside of all that, or maybe you can call it the cloud that covers over it is you've got stress. So stress management. So if you're literally running the candle or burning the candle at both ends between work, training, all of those things, it's going to make it really hard for you to be compliant with your nutrition because chronic stress is going to create other issues in terms of what kinds of food you crave, um, what kind of, honestly, what kind of compliance you're going to have with your nutrition because somebody that's stressed out in life does not care about weighing out their chicken breast. Um, sleep. So sleep quality plays a huge factor in whether you're trying to lose weight, uh, whether you're trying to get stronger, whether you're trying to perform well, whether you're trying to optimize life, like sleep is important. 
everybody should be getting a minimum of seven hours of sleep per night. Now, I know there's a lot of studies that show that we can be, some people can be effective at lower than that, but I'll remind you that I'm talking about optimization here. So if you are looking to optimize things, you want to be getting anywhere from seven to 10 hours a night. Some people need a little bit more than that. Um, and you might be able to get away a little bit less than that on occasion, but you should really be focusing on that as a whole. Um, so sleep and stress, water intake. I don't give prescriptions. And like I said in the beginning, like the Andy Frisella 75 hard recommends a gallon a day. Some people don't need that much. Others need a lot more. If you're like my client, Bonnie, and you just ran 48 miles over the past four days, and let's just call it, it was 85 degrees outside, which she was lucky it was not. You're going to need more water than someone that's sitting in an office all day. So it has to go kind of a case by case basis, but you do need to make sure that your water intake and hydration is a part of your plan. Um, so sleep, stress, um, hydration, and then movement. So whether you're training in the gym, whether you're not training in the gym, whatever it is, sitting is the new smoking. That is a true statement. And I 100% believe in it. We need to be moving. And in a lot of times when a person plateaus, the second I start to address movement, the second things start to move. So if you're not someone that's moving a lot, make sure you get some more steps in. So I'm going to try and cut out because it's 29.07. I don't want to start creating a whole nother half hour loop on this, but I do want to end by telling you that if you did get value out of this podcast, if you do have more questions, if there's anything else that I can help you with, please reach out to me. I want to hear from you. I really enjoy doing this podcast. My goal is just to create a platform to give you more education and just inspire you to be a better person, live a better life and be happy with it. So if you guys need me, you know where to find me, but until next time, see you later.